We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sixth Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Sixth Man Show. Today is July 7, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here. No Luke Sylvia today, but I'm joined by a special guest, None other than Bleacher Report and Through the Wire's very own Pierre Peewee to plug. Pierre, what's up, man? How you doing? Feeling good, bro. Super, super busy with this summer league coming up. I'm excited to see some of these teams in action. Of course, one of your teams, uh, not one of your teams. I mean, I disrespect you like that. I'm used to talking to Derek uh, from our podcast. Your team, your singular team, the Orlando Magic. Uh, But other than that, man, I'm good. I'm good. Just running around, trying to get myself ready. The weather in Vegas, I looked, it's going to be extremely, extremely crazy. Not like how it is in Chicago. We like 86 is like, oh, yeah, I'm seeing 105, 107 in Vegas. So I got to prepare myself. Yeah, it's been, I'm here in Florida, obviously. It's been pretty hot. Like the, it feels like it's been like 105, 110, stuff like that. So it's, it's been pretty hot, especially with the, the fourth that just kind of came and went. But speaking about Summer League and, and talking about the Magic Summer League team, uh, Anthony Black, Jet Howard, you know, both going to be making their debuts for the Magic on Saturday. You got to sit down with Anthony Black and, and a ton of other draft prospects at the Combine. Uh, what was your impression on Anthony Black when you guys got to sit down and chop it up with him? Uh, first and foremost, I got to say I'm a big Anthony Black fan um, since he was in high school. So I was excited to to talk to him and I, I let it be known. But um I love his character. I think he's going to fit right in with the team that y'all have. Um, seeing some of the things I've seen from Paolo, not not up close, but from afar, um, just the type of personality he has. And I think Anthony Black, it kind of is the same way on the, on the floor where he's such a, a team player. I get that feel from him with his personality as well. He was very easy to talk to, very relaxed on and off the camera, very playful. Um, and I think those type of characteristics are important when you have a young team you know you don't want anybody you know who's taking anything too serious you definitely want guys to be able to come in and handle their work and be serious about their you know preparation for you know each game but I just feel like with the current roster y'all have and the direction with this young core 
just the characteristics of his personality uh, was refreshing and I, and I enjoyed it. And um, as far as on the court, I think he unlocks just a lot, um, you know, with his size. I think y'all have nailed it with that over the last few drafts with Franz, Paulo, and now AB. The, the size there is going to be extremely overwhelming. And um, he said something that was interesting to me. He said that a lot of people have questions or concerns about his shooting. And he was just saying that at a certain part in the season, uh, their coach, Eric Musselman in Arkansas, kind of just preached attacking. So he was like, I can shoot a lot better than people give me credit for. But that was the team's philosophy um, a little before the midway point in the season where coach was just emphasizing downhill, 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 downhill attack. And so he said, um, expect to see him shoot the ball a lot better um, than he did at Arkansas. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited for him. I think um, I think he brings a lot to the table. I think he was a very, uh, very safe, but it's like a mix of a reach and a safe pick at the same time, because I think what y'all have, it's so hard. It was going to be so hard to mess up this pick. In my opinion, when you have Wendell, Paolo and Franz, um, anything else you add, it was, was just going to be the cherry on top. So I don't, I don't think you guys could have messed this up, but I do love the fact that y'all were able to land him. Everything that I've heard, you know, from people in the organization that have had the opportunity to spend some time around a B, especially is just like how nice of a kid he is. And, you know, that just kind of goes with what you were saying about his personality. Obviously, Jet Howard, who his father is, you're not going to be worried about any of the professionalism. He knows what the deal is from day one. I wanted to to get kind of your outside perspective on, obviously, the Magic already have like a gluttony uh, of guards, Markel, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris. What is your opinion of... You know, how do you see A.B. kind of fitting into that? And do you have the opinion that most likely one of those other guards is probably going to be on their way out at some point? Yeah. Um, well, for, the first thing I'll say is I think he fits well in the backcourt with Markel, um, just because when we talk about positionless basketball, which we aren't fully there yet, we, st- we still are positioned in basketball, but we're moving towards that way. Um, I think he fits that theme. Like, same thing with Franz. Like, Franz is a guy who I trust with the basketball to make decisions. Is he my primary decision maker, bringing the ball up full-time point guard? No. But when there are stretches where he has the ball in his hands and he's making something happen, I am comfortable with that. And I think you'll get the same thing from A.B. I think the more and more Paulo continues to grow as a pro, um, you'll be comfortable with that because his scoring uh, talent is just going to open up so much. And then Markel. So I just think they can all play freely and with off of each other. Obviously, I know in Orlando, the biggest question mark is perimeter shooting, but I think AB is going to be able to guard three positions, depending on who you're playing and how small they're playing, maybe four positions. Markel can probably guard two positions. Franz should be able to guard three to four positions. Paolo, four positions. You're going to be able to switch everything and have guys who are willing to make the extra pass and create for themselves um, or others. And I think that's going to open up a lot for you guys. And I, in two to three years, I don't know how you're going to be able to stop the Orlando Magic because Wendell is a capable capable perimeter shooter and a mid-range shooter. Paolo, obviously, is just the guy. And then Franz, the, the ability of Franz to be able to be effective without having to pound the ball so, so much, just being a smart cutter, catch and shoot, and here and there can attack you um, off the dribble. And then Markel, his finishing – 
if AB is a 34, 35% three-point shooter, I, man, the Magic are a scary team in two or three years. It's scary. And I'm not even, and I haven't even talked on Jet. Jet, um, I, I love, that was probably my favorite pick of the draft just because I love when teams reach. I love when teams say we have a guy we like a lot and no mock draft or no expert has him this high, but we're going to take him anyway because we like what we saw. And I think when teams do that, um, you know, it always kind of works out because they know exactly what they want. They know exactly what they're getting and they have an idea to how they want to make this prospect succeed. And it reminds me of when uh, Phoenix took Cam Johnson. That was like a, whoa, what a reach. But Cam Johnson just made 100 M's and helped them get KD because they put him in a place to succeed. He's one of the best role player wings that we have um, in the league right now. So, um, but as far as the guards, um, I would not be surprised if Jalen Suggs was not on this roster um, in those two or three years that I talked about down the line. It just feel like Jalen Suggs just hasn't been able to be with you guys, what you guys envisioned. And also the injuries, he definitely has had times where I'm like, whoa, that, that Golden State Warriors game. <laughs> I, like if you get that Jalen Suggs uh, any more this year, then I'll eat my words. But you know, I just think that somebody has to go and he would be the, the guy that I think some team would be willing to take a chance on. There's something there. Um, and I always thought he was a guy where he was going to be as good as the talent around him is. So maybe the more and more talent you guys add, the better Jalen Suggs looks. But I think Franz was so good that it kind of just overshadowed Jalen Suggs, man, for real. Yeah, we're hoping this being like his first fully healthy offseason since being drafted that the jump shot will come around. Thing about mm -hmm. Suggs, like he's able to get to his spots at at any point. It's just we we always joke that Jalen is really good at everything on the basketball floor except the ball actually going in the mm -hmm. basket, which is a problem. Um, but I think if the offense can come around a little bit more for him, that's if you know, I hope the Magic don't trade Jalen Suggs. I'm still a big Suggs believer, but if he does end up on another team and ends up in a playoff situation, that's going to be a guy that was like, whoa, how, how could they not figure that out in Orlando? I think he's going to be that kind of guy that has a real impact, uh, especially defensively, if he's able to yes. you know, get into the postseason. Hopefully, we, we plan on seeing that this season with the Magic. I wanted to just go back to Jet for just a second because a lot of people did perceive that as a reach, myself included. I I thought it was going to be, you know, Grady Dick or, you know, Cam Whitmore was still there. But what the Magic Brass have said since the the draft was you know, there's a, a real belief, you know, obviously they have all of this medical information and have had a lot of conversations with Jet, but that he was playing for much of the season last year injured and that he has more to his game than he was able to showcase at Michigan due to, you know, the I, I guess it's a, an ankle injury that he was dealing with. Peter, last time that we talked was last August. Paolo was kind of fresh off the summer league performance. I just wanted to ask you, you know, what were your thoughts on Paolo's rookie season and what you think that does for the outlook of the Magic in general moving forward? I think he is he is top tier. I think when you hear how people talk about Anthony Edwards, that's how they're going to talk about Paolo. Um, he just, he's just super young, just coming off the rookie year, but I – I truly believe when you talk about a modern power forward in today's game, he's the face of what I'm looking for. Um, and like I said, he only scratched the surface last year. 
Uh, but out of the gate, 20-point score, phenomenal rebounder, made tough shots for you guys, and was basically the number one option as a rookie and handled it actually well. And um, so when I when I take all of that into consideration and I think about, you know, the next couple of years, yeah, I think this dude is a, a, a top-tier perennial all-star, um, potentially anybody who can score and rebound. And I, I think he's going to defend extremely well, too. Um as good as as he projects, I think maybe even potential MVP conversational player. I think he's going to be an all NBA type of guy. And I definitely look at him as um, the next guy of that wave. You know, when you see how Jason Tatum has, you know, is the face of a championship contending team. You look how everybody talks about Anthony Edwards is like one of the next faces. I think Paulo is next in line. Obviously, they're going to take the Vic hype train and it may like overshadow the fact that Paolo was last year's number one pick. But Paolo is that dude, man. Paolo, w- with his season, it kind of felt like I always alluded to like doing a puzzle where like you have all of these little pieces and it's like, how, where do they fit? OK, I'm going to put them to the side. But once you get that big piece, it makes all of those other pieces just like, oh, OK, this goes here. Paolo is that big piece where it's like. Franz now as your second option is like, it's perfect. That's exactly what you want Franz to be. As good as he was in his first couple of years, he didn't project to be the go-to guy. But if he's complimenting your go-to guy, you're on your way. And now you add in AB, the season Markel had. Um, this is the third year for Suggs. So hopefully we see what we want to see. And then you add Jet, and I haven't even mentioned Wendell. I feel really, really good for the future of the Orlando Magic, but it it is heavily on the shoulders of Paolo. He has to continue. Like, I don't want to go too crazy. 23, 24 points per game this year as a sophomore. I, like, let's not take no steps back. Let's not go through anything that we don't. Let's get right to the point as you did with your freshman year. Let's let's the sophomore campaign just as strong. Knock on the door of all star. And let's just go. I, I need Paolo to continue to just say, hey, we're not going to waste no time. We're getting straight to it. Like, let's just let's because as, as soon as he does that, the easier it is for everybody else. And um, that's been the theme. Maybe we get that from A.B. I think Franz's rookie year was like that, where it was like, oh, I, lo- I loved Franz. I wanted him to go to Sacramento. And I was like, you know, he's going to be cool. But no, that first year with y'all right at it. Paolo, right. At, if A.B. is right at it, y'all cooking, y'all cooking. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Don- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I like that a lot. Uh, a philosophy that I've been kind of workshopping, you know, over the the course of this summer and off season. You know, the Magic season ended pretty early. You know, the second week of April, we were done. So I've had, you know, now almost three months just think about what this team could be moving forward. And again, this kind of theory that I'm working on is to to win a title. You know, you you need a guy that is like the guy, like you need a top 10 to mm-hmm. 15 player in the league, if not a top five guy in the league, like that's kind of how it's shaken up recently. But the, the days of like the super teams in the big threes, unless you're talking about Phoenix have seemingly kind of gone to the wayside a little bit, especially with the new CBA that's going into effect. So you need a guy and then you need a, a guy who is kind of on the fringes of being a guy, like a perennial all-star, like a top 20, top 25 player, so when I try to project the magic moving forward, I look at Paolo, like you said, has the potential to be an MVP caliber type of player. And then Franz, is Franz going to be that MVP caliber type of player? Probably not. Maybe. there. I think there's a, a small percentage that he might get to that ceiling, but probably not. But you se- seem to, to agree with me that, you know, Franz probably could be like that second guy. If you look at like the 21 bucks, Giannis, obviously at the time or even now could arguably be the best player in the world. Obviously, a lot of people are are giving that to Jokic, still pretty close in my opinion. Uh, but Chris Middleton was their second best player, and that was good enough for them to get to a title. I don't know why Franz couldn't potentially reach that 2021 Chris Middleton level. How do you feel about that? No, yeah, I think that's the perfect correlation where um, – I'm I'm also with you on the super team stuff. Like I'm I'm actually kind of disappointed that the Suns are doing it and that Kevin Durant um left Brooklyn just because it I don't know how many times we have to see it fail. And I thought the last team was going to be the Clippers. And they're not even that much of a super team. They just have PG and Kawhi, but it isn't like they may get James Harden and they'll be a super team again, I guess. But we're definitely seeing that like good structured teams with a little bit of everything. As long as you have that one guy, and like you said, um, the Nuggets, Jamal Murray has never even been an all-star. Just a really good player. You know, I mean, Jokic is a two-time MVP, could have been back-to-back-to-back, so maybe that makes up for the fact that Jamal Murray isn't that that second all-star level player, but I think really good constructed teams are the way to go, especially organically. And I could see Franz being an all NBA player a few times, I can see him, you know, having six, you know, all-star appearances or something like that. And I definitely can see him being a number two. And he, to me, he is the perfect type of number two that I would want because 
we've seen it kind of have clashes with certain tandems when they're kind of too similar, like the Tatum and Brown. I love Tatum and Brown, but the people have had their questions and concerns because they both like to score. They're both wings. But Franz is a guy who does a little bit of everything, so he doesn't have to, you know, um, get off on necessarily scoring 30. He can have 18 points, six rebounds, five assists, and he's and that's a good night for Franz. And I don't think that would step on the toes of Paolo, and I don't think anything Paolo does would step on the toes of Franz. And then you add in um, this six overall pick with Anthony Black, same type of guy, where I don't think he necessarily has to step on the toes of the other two guys to feel important. And um, I think that's an important for the Magic in their own sake. So I think they got some shaping up. Franz, Chris Middleton tier, not far-fetched at all. Not far-fetched. No, no disrespect to uh, Chris Chris Middleton. It's just um, credit to Franz. But um, they def- yeah, I could I could see it. I could see- and Wendell. Wendell is a very underrated piece to this pie, in my opinion. Well, Dell just needs to stay healthy. You know, we we've I think we'll talk about free agency. I guess this is a, a good way to segue to that. You know, the Magic added Joe Ingles, re-signed Moritz Wagner, Franz's brother. But I think if I have any real criticism, we've talked about this on the show, but if I have any real criticism, it's that the Magic didn't find like a full-time backup center in free agency for the, you know, 15 to 20 games that Wendell is most likely going to miss. He just seems mm-hmm. to do that each year. So love Fran- uh, love uh, Wendell, obviously, um, but that would be the one criticism that I have. You all were reacting to everything in real time. We're a little bit confused by the the Joe Ingles signing for the Magic, but um, has your opinion on that changed at all now that you've had a few days to 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 think about that? It, and if it hasn't, you know, don't be afraid to let me know. It was just, I would say then I didn't even have a much of an opinion on it. I just it was just so random that it kind of. You got you got this time where all of this stuff is coming in. This guy's getting a deal. The Rockets are signing Fred and Kyrie's going back to the Mavericks. And then Joe Ingles goes to the Magic. It was just it was just the most random thing because, like you said, I was expecting the Magic to how how much did you guys have in, in cap space? Like twenty six million or something like that. Like yeah, somewhere between like twenty five and twenty nine million in cap space, and could have gotten a little bit more if they had you know not guaranteed Gary Harris and, and stuff like that. But yeah, right around like 25 million. Yeah. So I was expecting something just a little bit louder. Um, I knew it wasn't going to be a guard. I was expecting probably some shooting. You know what I mean? They talked about shooting this entire offseason with the magic shooting, 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 shooting. So I expected to see, you know, maybe y'all take a risk on. And to be honest with you, I didn't even think about you guys or who, to go after. But when you talk about shooting, I guess, you know, there was guys like Malik Beasley out there, but you know, he's a little smaller and I'm trying to think of who's still on the market because free agency isn't over. It just got extremely slow, but there's still Kelly Oubre's out there on the market uh, with no job right now, Christian Wood. So um, when you talk about the center position though, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know who you guys, who could you guys have gotten? Who did you have in mind? Well, so we picked up the team option on Goga Batadze, uh, re-signed Mo Wagner, who were basically like our backup centers last year. Before the Joe Ingles signing, there was the kind of the the fantasy that maybe the Magic overpay for a guy like Brooke Lopez, kind of get mm-hmm. both things. A guy that is he going to want to play behind Wendell? Probably not. But if you can coerce him here and overpay him, you know, for a one two year contract, a guy that could step in and start if need be, also gives you that veteran presence, gives you a little bit of shooting, the championship caliber. 
you know, that, that pedigree as well. But beyond him, we were looking at guys, you know, potentially like, a, you know, Plumlee. Um, there was some talk about like a guy like Drew Eubanks, who we saw go to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Bryant, who ended up signing, you know, with the, the Miami Heat after some of that Dame trade request uh, news broke. Um, not Maybe not guys that were massive upgrades, but nonetheless an upgrade over the backup centers that we had this year. And I think if you look at the Magic's depth chart, if there's anywhere where you kind of have a, a, a weakness or a perceived weakness, it would be the backup center position at this point. So is it ultimately going to make or break your season? No. But when there were rumors that the Magic, you know, Brian Windhorst was talking on ESPN before free agency started, that the, you know, he heard news that the Magic were looking to put their foot on the gas a little bit in terms of moving the team forward. And the length of time that they went before they re-signed Moritz Wagner kind of told you that they they had some you know other uh uh feelers out there uh if you will to see if they could upgrade at that position but ultimately weren't able to you know Plumlee decided to to stay with the Clippers you know for mm-hmm. for less money than he could have got on the open market so um I mean I, like I said ultimately I don't think it's a, a huge deal but if there's one criticism that I would have of of this uh off season of the Magic front office that would be it that they weren't really able to upgrade at that position Makes sense. Jock Landale would have been a good one too. That's another one. Yep. Yeah. Landale was the one that I was thinking of that I, I couldn't remember that he ended up in Houston, if I believe for like $8 million a year. So I signing Joe Ingles really limited what the magic were able to do in terms of cap space. But I, I don't understand really right now how for a guy like Jock that Houston was a, a better situation than Orlando Houston has a lot of approving itself to do this season with a lot of the talent that they signed and the magic seemed kind of primed to make a, a postseason push, but it is what it is. Moritz Wagner, you've still got Franz here. So you've got the brother connection there. So keeping Franz happy probably isn't too, too bad of an idea. Uh, but Goga Pataze showed a little bit of potential. Mo Wagner was good in, in, in certain spots last year, but magic are, are most likely now, uh, you know, done with, with free agency. P, I wanted to uh, pivot. Before you move on, before you move on, Joe Ingles, because I think I steered off into the big man. Joe Ingles, I like Joe Ingles, but I haven't seen the Joe Ingles that I like in a long time from Utah. You know, he had the injury, then he went to the Bucs, and the Bucs was such a stacked team that we only saw different spurts. If we're talking a veteran presence, knock it out the park. You know what I mean? And he's another guy who plays good basketball. He can make perimeter shots, good decision maker, and he has some toughness on defense. Um, But I definitely want to see, I wanted to see somebody that I could have a little bit more dependence on. I don't know how much I'm depending on Joe Ingles, but if he can prove me wrong and he's back to Utah, Joe Ingles, then then it'll be an underrated signing. Um, I really do like Gary Harris. And I believe what I would want to have seen from Gary Harris, now they're going to ask Joe Ingles to do. Because Gary Harris, I would look at as a wing for the sake of depth chart for you guys because the guard is so is, is so stacked. And there's so many questions. Like, as a Magic fan, you'll probably know what's going on with Jonathan Isaac. So he played 11 games this season after he came back, looked fantastic. I think the Magic were like 8-3 and three in those games, which small sample size, I know. Uh, but then towards the end of the season, tore his left adductor muscle, mm-hmm. uh, was supposed to miss, I think, like 10 to 12 weeks, something like that. So he should be back to 100% by now. 
the big question is, you know, now that the magic and, and free and see is not totally over, but for the most part, like the big names are, are mostly gone. Are you going to waive Jonathan Isaac at this point to open up, you know, some, you know, $10 million in cap space, I believe is what that would do at this point in the season. You're probably not going to do that. If they were going to waive him probably would have been at the start of free agency. So once again, we're, we're just hoping that he can stay healthy because if, if he can, and you have that, if he can get back to like the 2019 Jonathan Isaac, which now it's been so long, can he really, he showed flashes of that last year, but if he can get to that level, another, that's just a, a massive asset that you have. Uh, but also it's just a, a huge floor raiser for this team, having that kind of defensive presence, be able to come in off the bench or potentially to close in, in situations. Or if a guy like Franz or Paolo gets hurt, you can insert him into the starting lineup and, mm-hmm. and, if you you're starting Franz Wendell Markel Fultz, you know either Gary Harris, Jalen Suggs, and Jonathan Isaac in that starting lineup, like that's one of the best defensive lineups in the entire league in terms of you know just overall talent and and versatility. So we're just once again hoping that Jonathan Isaac can can get healthy. If not, I believe he's going into the last year of his contract, uh, and if he can't stay healthy. I, I believe his contract isn't fully guaranteed until January. So if he okay. has another big injury to start the season, you probably end up waiving him. But if he can get through this season and play, you know, 60, 70 games, given his injury history, that might be a guy that you can get on a, on a, on a pay cut going into next yeah. year and retain that talent um, and still maintain long-term cap flexibility. So it sucks that that's the answer, but we're just once again, hoping that he can get and stay healthy. And my last thing before you move on, the ball ball waving. What, 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 where did that come from? I didn't, I didn't see it coming. Is it just because he wasn't that good, or is it to make a spot open? Or so it's really both. So the Magic went into free agency having a uh, one spot open um, you know, on the fifteen man roster. So once they decided to sign Joe Ingles and bring back Mo Wagner. Really, the day that free agency started uh, was the Magic's deadline to guarantee, like, fully guaranteed Bull Bulls two million dollars for the year. A few hours before free agency starts, the news broke that uh, they came to a mutual agreement, Bull Bull and the team, to push back that guaranteed deadline. So, to me, that said, all right, we're going to see what happens in free agency. If we can't bring in someone else, maybe we'll bring Bull Bull back. But if we can find somebody most likely going to move on from him. And that's what happened. You kind of ran out of roster spots there. And Bobo showed a lot of flashes at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. with guys out of the lineup. You know, he started, you know, a good amount of games for the Magic and showed a lot of potential. But it seemed like as teams started to pick up on his tendencies and get some more film on him, like could not put the ball up on the floor. I mean, the guy's seven two, his hips are like six feet off of the ground. He puts the ball on the floor. That ball's got a while to travel before it gets back up to his hand. So he would try to dribble and guards would just jump at the ball and it caused a lot of turnovers. And then just defensively, like his defensive awareness, um, you know, keeping up with rotations and just stay, like keeping the team connected on defense just made a lot of mistakes there. Obviously at his size and and length, you know, has the potential to be a really good rim protector, but just kind of kept making the same mistakes over and over and over again as the season went on. And once everybody got healthy, just wasn't really in the rotation. So I think he has tons of potential, just needs to go to a situation where he has the ability to grow and make mistakes and, and kind of breathe. He didn't have that in Denver. 
um, only had one year in Orlando before now that they've realized with a guy like Paolo, all right, you've only got this kid for so long before you have to build a contender around him and convince him to sign, you know, that second contract. Obviously it's a ton of money that he has the potential to make, but you know, sometimes like if the Seattle supersonics come back where Paolo's from, that's going to be my worst nightmare because the kid loves Seattle more than anything. Yeah, you know, if I could, I would I would sign the kid to like a 15 year you know, contract tomorrow. <laughs> Baseball, just to make sure that you know he he can't kind of force his way out at some point. But hopefully, that's a long way down the road. Uh, but with Bull Bull, it just kind of you know there's not a path to minutes for him now, and the Magic can't really afford him to make the mistakes that he needs to improve. So I hope he gets another opportunity with a, a team going through a rebuild, like a Houston. Detroit or maybe a Houston. Yeah, exactly. A, a team that's or maybe even Portland, if if they train Hell trade yeah. game and it seems like they're going to and, and kind of push the hard reset button. He just needs, even though he's 24 years old now, he's had so many injuries, he just needs to be able to have like, you know, probably two seasons of, of making mistakes before you can really decide what he's going to be long-term. But big Bull Bull fans here in Orlando, it just, it wasn't going to work out here for us, for him. Major disconnect, man. Major disconnect. A lot of people, um, a lot of Magic fans, we're out there on social media like, hey, man, y'all saw three games and think we making a mistake, <laughs> making right. a mistake. <laughs> that was that was the the very um, the, the most. Well, how can I say this? The most polarizing um, conversation I've seen in free agency about a guy who was worth, what, two million dollars right. in a very long time. Like Twitter was on fire. Blah, blah, blah. And I, we talked about it um, on Discord. I'm in a, a 2K league and Bobo is a monster and one of the dudes yeah. was like yo Bobo doesn't even play in real life and I'm like yeah. yeah 2k is tripping and as soon as the wave happened I came back to the show I'm like you know why 2k is crazy because shit like this and I put it in the tweet of Bobo being waved but yet he's a valuable uh valuable asset on 2k Bobo right. is the man on 2k but he can't buy minutes on a rebuilding team so right I like Bobo too interviewed him when he got drafted said four words very quiet but i, yeah. I like him and uh there is this uh, this fascination with the idea of certain players that social media puts out there and that's why i enjoy um you know that every team now has their podcast or their their representatives for social media that can say hey you know, y'all saw the three games, but the reality is there were another 70 where this guy made the same mistakes over and over. And, there, you know, it's the reality of it. So um, it was good to hear hear your uh, opinion on Bo Bo. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. We ran into the same thing with, with Mo, with Mo Bamba. You know, obviously, you know, yes. gets traded to the Lakers and now Lakers fans are acting like Mo Bamba is the savior. You know, like ESPN is putting out graphics of Shaquille O'Neal holding the Larry O'Brien in a Lakers jersey, Dwight Howard winning a championship with the Lakers and they're putting a picture of Mo Bamba. And we're like, we don't really think that you guys know exactly what you're getting to the point where I saw a tweet before free agency started from Lakers fan that said, Mo Bamba is not a, a trade asset. He he's a um he's a necessity for the Lakers. And I'm like, bro, I don't know what you think <laughs> Mo Bamba is. And then he's waived by the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing the same thing you saw. I think it was Woj tweeted out that they're looking to kind of like bolster, you know, their their center position with Mo Bamba behind Joel Embiid. And Joel we're like, yeah. what do you think you're getting with Mo Bamba? As much as I love Mo the person, he's a fantastic human being and a great guy, but he he's not a franchise center by any means. So we're used to that in Orlando P you, you know, no, that. like we know yeah. people don't really, you guys, you know, that's the thing that I, I really admire and appreciate about what you guys are doing over at through the wire is because you do, you actually do your best. And the same thing with our boys over at pick a side, they actually pay attention to what people that know what's going on with these teams are, are saying. And they're not just on ESPN, you know, talking out of their, you know what? So always appreciate that. But I wanted to, switch gears here and kind of direct the conversation towards you and what you guys are doing over there at through the wire. Um, I messaged you, you know, a couple of weeks ago about coming on the show and you're like, Oh, you know, we're, we got a lot going on. Like, you know, I'll, I'll hit you when we get back from Atlanta. And then a couple of days later, I saw why you were in Atlanta. <laughs> you were at studio J yeah. the inside the NBA set uh, recording a, a podcast with your guys at through the wire and had Steph and clay come on. So, First of all, I just want to, you know, you know, we're always rooting for you guys. You guys had the advertisements, you know, during the playoffs and, and everything like that, which was huge. Um, but just talk a little bit about that experience and kind of how that came to happen. It was just simply the fact that um, we have that relationship with them. Well, well and I won't say relationship with coworkers with them, uh, which is the right thing to say. And uh, we've all had our different interactions with, with, uh, with the, the TNT uh, crew, um, you know, me and Shaq had our uh, exchange when he brought me on the stage. Kenny interviewed them as a whole. And um, it's always been this thing of us being the younger them, four of them, four of us. They're the old school or the new school. And I think um, I think they just wanted to capitalize on it. It was a decision from one of our guys, um, Drew Muller at HOH who was uh, the GM there. He's a big, big through the wire supporter, loves us. And they just had a great idea of, hey, they're not using the space right now because it's the summer. Why don't you guys get in there? It'll be a good look. And then um, we we decided to get suited and booted and take it very serious. We had been there before, but we did, we did like a Hulu like game show there. So it looked extremely different, but to have it set up like the actual Studio J and for us to be able to do our podcast and not only do it, but have Clay and Steph was a very monumental uh, moment. And um, it was just more than anything, it was good for, I think, the basketball community and for our fan base to just see how far we've come. But I think it's also important for every other podcast, whether it's the six man show, whether it's pick a side, whether it's that podcast that's 
forming and is going to have their first episode at the start of this new season because every day a new basketball podcast is coming together. There is no there's no ceilings to it. There's no limits that can be reached. And um, that was the most, you know, uh, satisfying part is it sends a message that, you know, there is this new era of basketball commentary or analyst or uh, journalism that's out there and we can we can all go and and do it you know i don't i don't know who who controls the magic is it like bally sport or something or yeah you guys have five? there's, well, there's no questions reason. nobody really knows what's what's going on with bally right now but uh for the time being it's bally yeah there's no reason why you guys can't be the halftime show for the orlando magic for 82 games of the year is it's not impossible when you first start you're just trying to figure out lighting, the mics, a logo, and all of these other things seem so far-fetched. But, um, you know, an experience like that, it allows us to go and have conversations with, you know, guys like you or, you know, uh, pick a side who we'll see in um, in Vegas or even Keandre at Hoop Intellect. We can have these conversations and say, yo, we can do it. We can do it. And I think it's, a, it's enough room for everybody, which is why... I'm so into embracing everybody that's around and in this bubble because it's it's more than enough opportunity for everybody to have a high amount of success. We just have to be able to speak it to each other. There's no reason for me to hold any information from you and there's vice versa. There's no reason for you to hold any information from me. We can just use it to tell each other what we need to tell. And it's also just I don't know, it makes it more fun. We had a fantasy basketball league this year and, you know, we was able to trash talk and trade and you know it was it was extremely fun and i just think that those relationships um are important because it's the same thing that's happening in the sport that we cover where i'm sure there's fantasy football leagues in the nba and guys are all peers and they're hanging out or in group chats or in the off season they're hanging out and working out together it's no reason that our space can't be able to do that and because of Twitter and Instagram and all of these different platforms, I see so much negativity, so much BS, so much talking down that, you know, I like I like to use my shit in a different way, which is to just inspire and say, man, um, it, it's it's opportunity out here. But it was it was definitely fun. First class treatment. Um, beautiful to be a part of and kind of surreal, kind of surreal. It's it's hard to embrace the moments fully when you're in them. So I, I every, every here and there, I try to, you know, remove myself and actually realize exactly what we're doing. Because in the moment, it was like, oh, it's cool, it's cool. But then it's like, we got to hustle and bustle. Okay, we got to get back home. But then we got to go to Summer League. And then also in Summer League, we also have a live show July 9th. And then, you know, Isaiah Thomas wants us to come to Seattle for his uh his weekend that he has. Um and so it's just boom, boom, boom. And then on top of that, you have personal life. You have, everybody has girlfriends and kids and parents and 4th of July weekends and all this type of stuff. So it's hard to kind of just. But when I was posting this stuff on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and you see people going crazy like that's Steph Curry, that's Clay Thompson. Like these are guys whose names are going to live forever. And we just had the privilege of having them on our show in studio j i'm sitting in ernie's seat like i see his papers and his tools and his this is right here it when you uh, when when i was able to just remove myself and grasp it that way it, it hit differently than in the moment in the moment it's kind of just like i gotta make sure i'm 
you know, hitting my topics, asking the right questions to Stephen Clay. But it's uh it's important to just and take in what's going on. But it's 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 all happening so fast that it's 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 tough to to really sit with it and uh take take fully in what's going on. But it, it it's definitely fun, man. You know, I can't give, especially you and, and, and Kenny, we haven't really had the opportunity to talk to Derek or, or Mike too much. Uh, but, you know, you've always been gracious with your time and coming on the show. And uh, Kenny, you know, had us on his, you know, Kenny, Kenny for Real channel mm-hmm. uh, last summer, which was huge. You know, I think we saw like, you know, we right now we're just under 4,000 subs on YouTube. So I think we saw like four or 500 new subs just that week, you know, from being on Kenny's show. So, the fact that you guys are are still willing to show love to you know smaller content creators is huge. And looking back, you know the like the six years that you guys have been doing the show now, it's I think it would be easy for people to to look at you know what you guys are doing and and, and doing the podcast each week and doing stuff like Studio J and and seeing how easy you all make it look. But you know you've just alluded to the fact that you know you do this content creation stuff you're you're watching games you're doing social media but you still have your your life you know that everything kind of goes into so i feel like this is a good way to segue to one of the last things i want to ask you here i get asked all the time whether it's you know my personal life or by you know other magic fans just about like either starting a podcast or you know doing any type of content whether it's podcast or it's a you know, YouTube channel, or, you know, if you're, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with whatnot, but people that, you know, stream and, and, and Mm -hmm. sell stuff, you know, on, on some of these platforms, what kind of advice would you give to people who may not really know what they're getting into and and what it takes to, you know, be successful in any kind of these spaces? I would just say that you have to make sure the most important thing is that you love it. And I know that sounds cliche, but like we just talked about, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into it to have success. Um, And it has to be a part of you. Like, it's my job, but everybody that knows me from my parents, my closest friends, my girl, um, like basketball is me. So nobody is going to be surprised that I'm here talking to you on this Thursday because I just love basketball. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like a, Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go on a six, man. We got to talk about them. Like, no, I love basketball. I, I love it. It's just what I do. It's just a part of me every single day. Um, for the last probably 20 years of my life, I've done something with basketball every day, whether it was playing it, reading it, watching it, um, like whatever it is that I can do with basketball, I'm doing, it's just, it's second nature to this point. Um, even like last night, like I was just watching Fred Van Fleet mid-range pull-ups while I was going to bed, just laying in my bed but on my stomach, just like watching it, trying to fall asleep, move, tossing and turning, holding the phone like this. And I'm because it's just like it's just it's just what it is. But falling in love, making sure you love it. But the the most important thing I think is falling in love with the journey. If you fall in love with the journey. I think it every it makes everything easier. You know what I mean? It makes putting the work easier. It makes the sacrifice easier. But if you don't if you don't love the journey and all you're thinking about is the finish line, the finish line gets further and further and further. But when you love the actual grind and the actual the hard part, if you find out how to love the hard part, you're you're going to be successful, hands down. And, and all of the greats say it. You know what I mean? Kobe fe- found a way to love 
putting in the work in the summers of not having two a days, but pushing himself to have three a days because he loved having that that extra step on the competition. And same thing when I, I watch interviews with Tim Grover, the guys who train them, the guys who are coaching them, and they all say that these guys love putting in the work. And I think that applies to everybody in, in general life. If you, you know, it's easy to have that six pack when you love the hard part, which is not eating uh, fast food or not eating sweets and going to the gym. You know, the, the people who are in the best shape are the ones who found a way to trick themselves into loving going to the gym. But if you're dreading it, you're not, it's, it's only so far you're going to go. Same thing with this. If you love content creation and you find a way to love editing, love putting together topics lists, love having to put in a little bit more research to have something um, in more depth to talk about than the average people, then I think you'll go far. But the grind is the most important thing. I think everybody just thinks about how to how to wake up overnight and be popular or to have numbers and to have. And I think that is that has to be like second, third, fourth nature. You know, it has to be the grind and the love and the passion um, to get you because I don't care how big you get. There's inevitables. And we talked about this before we even started recording. There's going to be inevitable down marks and down periods where you're going to have to face some adversity face on. And that that is with anything and anybody. I, you know, you can be you can be the best player in the world. But when that injury comes that you you weren't expecting to tear your ACL, you weren't expecting to, you know, Paul George leg pop out. You You can't you can't expect or brace for those, but you have to be ready to take on those those head on and you know it's the same thing when this podcast at landscape you you do certain things and you know it doesn't hit how you thought or certain things don't go your way or you don't get the interview there's been plenty of times we've had interviews lined up we're in there getting mic'd up the camera is rolling and this person never shows or you get that person and they're there and they have a bad attitude that day and they just didn't want to talk. So they answered everything with three words or they were 30 minutes late and that affects some, it's just so much. And I think dealing with that is easier when you just have a, a love and a passion for it than just trying to, you know, uh, find a get rich quick scheme. I love the point that you made about like the finish line moving. Cause I, I'm sure when you all started, you know, you had a lot of goals in mind, but in particular, Recording an episode with Steph and Clay, you know, in Studio J wasn't at that mm -hmm. list. And now that you've hit that, the finish line keeps moving like each and every time and falling in love with the with the process. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sure there are times you wake up, you're like, I don't want to go in, and sit and talk to Kenny and, and Derek and Mike, but this is what we do. So we're going to go do it anyways. The consistency of, of doing that and, and the discipline to do it, even when you don't want to. Like I always tell people, you know, there are going to be days you wake up and you don't want to do something, whether it's your job or, you know, if it's going to the gym or, or making content, but future you is going to be glad that you did. And if you don't, future you is going to be upset that you didn't. So I, I always love that. Down. Yeah, that you could, you could use that and you, you don't have to quote me. You can keep that as your own. I don't, I don't, I don't care, but uh, P man, I always appreciate your perspective and it's almost just like your philosophy. I know you do your like life advice, you know, segments on your mm -hmm. your YouTube channel. I always appreciate those. But 
Um, I just really appreciate what you all are doing from a, a content perspective. And and Kenny's been given hints, you know, on, on Twitter that, you know, you guys have some some bigger things, you know, kind of in the works. So looking forward to everything that you guys are doing. Uh, just keep doing what you're doing, man. Do you want to let everybody know? I know you guys have the live show coming up um, in Vegas. Talk about that and just let everybody know once again where they can find you on social media. Yeah, live show in Vegas on the 9th, um, you know, a couple of days after the Vic pandemonium you know you know you got to be smart with the days you're picking and choosing but uh we'll be out there the live tour has been phenomenal it's it's uh so refreshing to see supporters face to face and to put pictures with names and certain things and to hit the stories again it's 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 the same thing we talked about before where you don't really realize what you're doing because you're doing it but when you get to have that 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 interaction and people can tell you you know i was depressed uh, every winter I, I face depression and, you know, I watch you guys or I had a big time surgery that was just clogging my mind and I used you guys to escape. You know, when we're making a two hour episode and I'm joking on Derek, I, I'm not thinking in my mind that somebody's going to watch this to escape, you know what I mean? Or, you know, to get over a bad breakup. But when you hear people in different cities tell you that it just hits hard, you know what I mean? And it, it, it makes you want to work harder. So um, the live tour has been good. And uh, yeah, fo- follow us on on social media, man. Pee Wee the plug on everything through the wire and everything, and then make sure y'all tapping into the six man show um, for all the Orlando Magic updates. I know I will be because this is gonna be a big big season. Somebody's getting traded, man. <laughs> Some- yeah, somebody's getting it's traded. looking that way. Somebody's getting traded, but I'm excited for the Magic future. Um, I'm always always going to root for the Magic in some way, just because I'm a big time Penny Hardaway fan. Um, and Tracy McGrady. So basketball is good when when uh the Magic are winning games. I don't know if I want them to win too many because I'm a Knicks fan, but I definitely want to see some competitive uh some we gotta competitive get one nights. We gotta get one at some point. Just one before <laughs> I die. That's all I need. Just one. Yeah, I I like that. Just one. You're not asking for too much. Just one. And, <laughs> hey, if I had to put my money on any young core, I'm probably putting a majority of my money on the Magic. People talk about the Thunder a lot. The Magic are about to enter that 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 conversation for for best young cores. That's because uh, Pierre, you know ball, and uh, don't forget about your Twitch stream as well. You know you're always you know streaming 2K and and stuff like that. So make sure that you go check out Pierre. But P man, I can't tell you how much we appreciate this. Always a lot of fun talking to you. And, and one of these days we're gonna run into you at, at one of these events and and kick it for sure, bro. I appreciate yeah. it. We got to come out to Orlando, man. We was close. We, Miami, we got to come uh, down to Orlando. I can't, I can't make the trip to South Beach, man. Just something about that city. Just uh, something about it. Can't do it. Is, this but, like, uh, is it like they're out there? Where Do they say the same thing about Orlando? Uh, they don't really care about us, but I, I hate the heat. So I just, you know, it is what it is. It, they don't think it's a rivalry. Some people don't think it's a rivalry. But, you know, I live for rivalries. You know, I'm a UNC fan. I hate Duke. I'm a big Giants fan. I hate the Cowboys and the Eagles. So uh, I'm a big time Cowboys fan, fan, bro. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. We can still be friends, but yeah, I hate the heat. But yeah, eventually y'all will you'll make it out to Orlando, or we'll see you guys at All Star or something like that eventually. Uh, But yeah, man, really, really appreciate the time, bro. Always good talking to you. You too, bro. Appreciate you. I'll see you soon, man. Thanks, P. Thanks for listening to the Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. 
We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.